Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oh, I better turn that button on as well. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue until Chris and Chef Eltoff at Oilers Now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. I will mention uh, Brian Lawton, who's been on Wednesdays here over the last six weeks, will be joining us on Friday's show for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show from Sportsnet, Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you doing? That's uh, a beautiful day in Edmonton, Bob. How can you be doing anything but great today? Uh, I'd be doing great if the Edmonton Oilers were getting ready for the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. I'd be greater. Yes. But I think I'm. I'm. I'm not walking around wallowing in sadness. I'm not. Spring time a little bit here. <laughs> no, I think now. I mean, I will cut to the chase here. Who's going to win the series between Vegas and Florida? I think that Vegas is going to beat them soundly. Uh, so I do think I. Vegas, oh, you do. Hey, eh? well, it's no good when we agree. But I think that Vegas uh, is. A much deeper, better team, and the only thing that that makes me a little shaky is the way Bobrovsky's playing. Because sometimes the team that has that kind of goaltending can beat you, no matter what the other elements are. But if I was a betting man, I would take Vegas in five games, Bob. Oh, this is going to make for real boring radio because I've already said Vegas in five. So, oh, have you? Yes. Uh, and, on you too much then. All right. So if here's I start the deal: drinking Red Bulls in the morning instead of Starbucks black. Yeah, you stop me there, will you? Well, you, you do know I have Bailey's up in the broadcast booth at Rogers Place, right? Because it's so cold during the day, uh, and we have a, a great PR department that occasionally has been known to bring up a coffee. Uh, so, well, didn't West Montgomery play that game back in Commonwealth Stadium for a few years? I do believe that uh, that was his style. That's how he rolled, wasn't it? Well, who do you think got me hooked on Bailey's and coffee back at Moe's Sports Parlor in 1993-94? And then Brent Griffiths contributed to that. As well, so God bless. You, West, and you man. wonder why I could never get under two hundred and fifteen pounds back in the day. Yeah, you got to get hooked on something like Trulies that are a lot less calories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, Spec, here's the deal. We talk about the fact we wish woulda, coulda, shoulda for the Edmonton Oilers. It is. Let's just play this hypothetical game. Let's assume Vegas wins the Stanley Cup. Does it change the evaluation at all on the Oilers' season this year? Well, no, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. I don't think it should. I think that all that, all you're saying to me, Bob, when you say that, here's what I hear. Well, you know what? We're better than we thought, and that other team won the Cup, so they're so good, so we don't have to change much, and we don't have to do much about it. That's what I hear, and I don't think that's true at all. The Oilers need to take a long look. They're really good. The Edmonton Oilers are a really good team, but they're not good enough. Uh, they weren't good enough to beat Colorado last year. They got a little bit better. They still weren't good enough to beat Vegas. Let's let's be clear on one thing, Bob. Vegas was the better team yep. in that series, and yeah. no one yeah. no one is disagreeing with that. So why? Now's the time. I think I heard you say the other day, you know, you got to dig in and you got to grind it out and you got to figure out why and answer those questions. I'm and it's sure not that... just it's not just on the players. Like I know, oh, no, I know, no, the no. Co- I know the coaching oh, staff. No. Look, we had Jay Woodcroft on this show for three and a half years every Monday before he became the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. And so now I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share a little insight for our listeners. 
I talk to Jay once a week outside of that as well. I know how seriously he took the coaching craft, how much the, the most comfortable I've been in the 15 years that I've worked for the team in terms of the development. And this is hard for me to say because Rob Dom coached the Oilers farm team for a year and a half, and you know I'm a big fan of Rob's. But the most comfortable I've been in terms of the prioritization of how to properly build an organization through a farm system has been with Jay Woodcroft. And I know, I know Speck... He's a guy that would be racking his brain. What could we have done better as coaches? And yep. it, and I and the reason why I said grind is the Oilers have no choice to grind because there's no there's very limited cap movement, and they may have made a subtle little move today that doesn't impact the team next year, but might in a couple no. of years from now. These are the type of moves that need to happen when you don't have cap space. You have to get creative. And I and love this it. Is a Jason Grub, a Jaden Grub, excuse me, Jaden, right? Correct. Yes, yes. Jaden Grub is a tomorrow move. I, I don't know anything about the kid. I, I would say to you, Bob, the only question I would like to have answered is why isn't why wouldn't he sign with the Rangers? This is clearly a, a situation where the Rangers said, okay, we can't. It's like Edmonton losing John Marino. We can't sign the guy. We got to get something for him. That's what the Rangers are doing here. Yeah. I would love to know the reason, and maybe Bob, you can enlighten me. Do you know the reason why why Group and his representatives told the Rangers we're not signing? We no, know. but we knew this was coming down the pipe two months ago, Spec. So because okay. we talked about it then, Frank Cervelli reported it, uh, and I think you have to capitalize when there's when you're a Western Canadian team and there's a guy from Calgary playing in Red Deer. You should have had enough sets of eyes on him where you've got the information where you know whether or not this guy has a chance to grow in your i mean i think you know potentially uh third fourth line center is a right shot right like that's sure you know which is why sometimes you're edmonton and you lose marino and you go damn i wish you would have lost that player and sometimes you're edmonton and you get jace jaden Groot, and a few years later you go hey what a nice break that was (laughs) right right so Listen, but, but you got to grind, Speck. You got to grind. You got to look. You got to look for mechanism. Because part of the reason why they have to grind, Mark, they don't have any cap space, and the cap has. And is that the one thing that maybe we need to appreciate with Ken Holland, since he came in here? And this is not a Ken Holland walks on water. There's been mistakes made along the way, but. I mean, how much has the cap actually increased since he took the job over back? I mean, he had to run money off for the first couple of years. I don't even know. I mean, he got rid. The first thing he did was get rid of Lucic for James Neal. Like, I'm, I don't know about you. I think he's maybe had a two million dollar increase over the last four years. Yeah, he's barely had any, and nor have any of the other GMs. But no, listen. We're not even going to waste time talking about is this team a better team, more well constructed with better players than when Ken Holland showed up. Of course it is. No, anyone who disagrees with that can change the channel. Uh, it's just a fact. You know, they're a better team. So, so how do you go from being a better team, Bob, to being a, to improving to be a team that that doesn't get kicked out after two rounds? What happened in Edmonton? Why did Vegas have four lines? You know, sort of three scoring lines and this fourth line that is just the ultimate playoff line that's helping them win every third game, right? Edmonton doesn't have that. Now, you could look at Edmonton and say, we don't need that. Or you could look at Edmonton and say, the reason we lost to Vegas is because they had greater depth among forwards. Uh, They had more guys involved up front. And they were they beat us on their depth. In my opinion, Vegas beats Edmonton in that series on their depth. They got more from a bunch of different guys than Edmonton did. And if you agree with that, 
then how do you change that so it doesn't happen to so, you? Again? So let's do this. I'm going to ask the listeners right now on the Ashley Fine Flores text, text line. Give me three reasons why the Edmonton Oilers lost the series to the Vegas Golden Knights and list them in priority. Okay? So again, text us 7804960063. Give me three reasons in priority why the Edmonton Oilers lost the series to Vegas. So, Speck, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were to list them one through three, what would they be? Three primary reasons why they lost. Well, I, the first one is a big picture 30,000 foot one for me. This Edmonton Oilers team, since Taylor Hall played for it, Bob, has been too high-end. And when I say that, they put too much on the plate of the top guys, and the bottom guys never feel like they're involved. The bottom guys, the fourth-line guys, they never feel like the bottom six guys. They never get ownership. They don't play enough when the chips are down there on the bench. And in this case of an 11 and 17, many, many nights, you got your fourth line consists of two orphan wingers with a rotating center. So, number one, this team needs to crack the nut. That, and it's been a problem here, Bob, since Kelly Buckberger was around. They need to, to get 12 forwards that all think they have an impact, that all believe they're part of this thing. That's the start. So, the second thing is. Uh, I would say that uh, Vegas had a one through six, a better set of defensemen. You know what? The goaltending between Aiden Hill and, and Stuart Skinner, to me, is negligible. Stuart Skinner faced way tougher chances and was scored upon more often because of that. Vegas held leads. Vegas got up on you and stayed up on you. Edmonton couldn't figure out how. It's not all on the defenseman, Bob. It's on the defensive play. But Edmonton led every game in that series and only won two of them. When Vegas got a lead, it was hard to get back. How about all right. that? Um, so I will say this. I have a prediction. I see the minutes for McDavid and Drysaddle decreasing in the next couple of years. So do I. Okay. So there we go. Where will they go, Bob? Where will they go? They're going to have to involve more. I I think it's going to be very problematic given Edmonton's limited cap space. Again, we're operating under the context that the cap is going up by a million bucks spec. It's going 83.5. I don't see. You're going to have 21 players no matter what. Whoever they are, you're going to have 21 players. I'm bringing up the cap because I don't see how they bring back Bukestead. Okay. Uh, so, get the next like, 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 so you got to go find a guy or develop a guy. I think they'll sign, uh, preferably a right shot center. I don't know if that guy's out there. Um, I, there is a guy that played well in the. Uh, put it this way: if Dubis ends up in Pittsburgh, and there's no guarantee that happens, but if he does, he's not going to let this guy go. And that's Drew O'Connor. Okay, because that to me is the type of guy that's ready to take on full time. And people say, "Well, if he's so good, why would yeah, Pittsburgh miss the playoffs?" Sometimes guys are better fits with other teams. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at Edmonton. Uh, they got to get more consistency out of McLeod. I think Yamamoto. I think we know he could be replaced. He might be a buyout option. I think the Oilers are going to be in on Connor Brown. Um, I think Holloway's going to. You know, you got Fogel here, third line left wing. Costin's likely to be re-signed unless he prices himself out. I see Yanmark and Ryan coming back. They're going to need a force. Yep, I do. I I see both of those guys coming back. Um, And I got to tell you, Mark, I don't have I don't have uh, uh, Broberg on the team to start the year. I'd rather have a, a, a veteran depth defenseman number seven and they roll through six. I think they'll do a better job in terms of the structure and process they play within their defensive zone. But for me, if I'm to list one through three, Stuart Skinner did not play at the level in the playoff. I'm not blaming Stuart Skinner. 
team defense. Let's put it this no. way. I'll say number one. is not good enough no matter what right. your name he, is or what team right. you play for. So goaltending slash team defense, number one. Number two, too reliant on the power play. Uh, we're not product Now, shot. Yep. Were, the last two games went quite offensively, Mark. Okay? They kind of, to me, they kind of lost the series in the margins, but they did lose the final two games. I mean, you outshoot teams 75 to 53, you're hoping for a better result than getting beat by, you know, 4 3 and 5 5 2 with an empty netter. I think they're close, but they got to grind to get better and they got to look internally. I do think they need to decrease the minutes on their top two players. They're, they're no, no one would argue they're close. I mean, that's just a given. But I want to say to you, Bob, that, that they're kind of, and I don't mean this as an insult, and I hope no one takes it as one. Right now, they got the regular season mastered. They're kind of like the Leafs. The Leafs got the regular season mastered. We all know what that's worth. It's not worth a damn thing. Now you've got to master the playoffs, right? I believe that the, the best thing for Edmonton is, and I'm not, I wouldn't say this about Toronto, the best thing for Edmonton is that their best guys know how to play playoff hockey and can play it and win it. So all you got to, in my opinion, they need more of a playoff lineup. They need 12 forwards. They need six defensemen who are playoff players. If you get a few less points in the regular season, Bob, I could care less. Doesn't matter to me where you finish. Get in the playoffs. This team needs to build a playoff team now instead of just being a good regular season team. And playoff teams, Bob, playoff teams have four lines every night. Uh, four line, there are no playoffs. There has been in the past. Tampa went once in a while when they had injuries. Generally speaking, in my career over 35 years, successful playoff teams have 12 forwards playing for them. Mark, Vegas has got the option of 14 guys. Like, they're not even playing Paul Cotter. The guy had double-digit goals right. in the regular season this year, and Kessel's a healthy scratch. Like they can't they, make that fourth line. That's why that fourth line's too good. Well, it's a, it's a very specific <laughs> fourth line as well. But Mark, it's winning for him, Bob. It's working. There's you so, but you you said that their their defense is better than Edmonton's defense it at is. this stage. It's it's better, and at the end of the game, in the final two games, you take a look at the save percentages between the two teams, and Aiden Hill stole one game in that series, and that was Game Six. So they I, the orders are close. They got a grind to get better. Mark, I would not be at the cap on day one. I would try to accrue and look for another trade during the season. What about you? Yeah, I think that that what we certainly know for sure, Bob, is the finished product isn't there on October fifteenth or whenever you start the season, right? There, you know, and and listen, Ken Holland's done a masterful job of having zero cap space almost, and still giving his team a push at the deadline for two years in a row. Like that has not been easy on his part. If he could save himself you know, a million bucks in cap space. I don't know if you can, but if you can, in real cap space, I'm not talking LTIR here, in real cap space, then that million dollars, what is it at the deadline, Bob? Four. Not like four million dollars? Yeah, three and, right. and a half, three and a half to That's, four million. So I'm going to say to you, Bob, this team's good enough, right? They're good enough. They can go into a season here, let's say a million dollar player short. They can, they can cut a million dollars and be a million dollars less team than you could possibly be because that's how good they are. They'll get to the deadline. They'll be in contention, well in contention, and now you add a $4 million guy. I think that's how you play ball now that you have a team that's as far along as this one is. All right, quick hitter. Brad Trailiving, uh, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the younger folks out there, some of them on uh, Twitter, uh, seem to be quite critical of this decision. I think he's a pretty good manager. What about you? 
Yeah, I, I listen, that's a big boy job, and it requires a lot of experience, in my opinion. To go into Toronto, you need to uh, you need to have been through the trenches for a while. Dubas did a hell of a job building the regular season team, but he never came close to building the playoff team. There's things he didn't know that he'll get better at now that he moves on. Tree Living's done it in on, on no budget in Arizona. He's done it on a full budget in Calgary. He's dealt with situations where Goodrow and Kachuk walk into his office and say, you better move us because we're not coming back. And he's done pretty well. I know he didn't get any for Goodrow, but he did get all the cap space. And he got, an, I think, a pretty darn good deal at the last second there for Kachuk. I think, Bob, he's very experienced. So is he the best guy in the world? I don't know if there is a best guy in the world, Bob, but there isn't a problem he hasn't seen. And when you're in Toronto, the problems are unique, right? They come with high pressure. They come with huge expectations. And I think Tree is, as much as any guy out there that I can think of, uh, ready to step into those shoes and handle it. All right. Spec, 36 years ago today, the Edmonton Oilers uh, bounced back. <laughs> they won their third Stanley Cup, May 31st, uh, 1987. Mark, I was in Clearwater, B.C. watching that one, doing my summer job at that time. Uh, and I, the question... Game, se- game seven against the Flyers? Yeah, you were, you were there, eh? I was, you know what? Let me tell a fast story. I was working. Uh, what, what year is that again? That's eighty. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. May eighty-seven. I'm still working at the Gateway at the U of A. Bill Tuelli gives us a press pass to the sports editor there. I'm the sports editor. I get to go to watch the best team in the world play, making four hundred bucks a month at the Gateway. So that was awesome. In the playoffs, he didn't even have a chair for me, Bob, in that old press box at Northlands. I stood above Hextall for two periods, right above him. You, down you should have taken the hint then. Oh, my God. I stood above him. Remember when, when Ronnie Hextall would hit the, the posts with yeah. a stick? He could play those posts like a like a drum kit. It was unbelievable. And I stood there for the four games in Edmonton and watched them. And I'll never forget it. I remember Andy scoring. I remember Curry scoring in that game seven. Uh, I can recall that it was very close. Did they not get up one nothing Philadelphia and then hit a crossbar? They got a five-on three. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then hit the post. Now, Spec, oh my here's, God. here's the question I'm going to ask you. <laughs> the fans voted the 85 team, which went 15-3, and three, the number one team in NHL history. The uh, 88 team, which went 16-2, and two, was voted the number four team in NHL history. The 87 team, which uh, would have gone 16 and 5, I believe, uh, they were voted the number 5 best team in all in Oilers history. It is my belief the 87 team was actually the best team. Uh, I can't disagree. You know why I'm going to agree with you, Bob? Because Jim Masson says so. And he covered them all. Uh, yeah. That was the team with uh, that had that was the team with Nielsen on it, right? Nielsen was on a line with Messi and Anderson, and Rutzelainen yeah. was the first yeah. time Rutzelainen was on the team on defense. Yeah. Came the, back the for fact, the ninety cup too. Right. The fact that uh, that Kenta was on that team, he was such an elite player. I mean, oh my God, he was good. Better. You know what? In ninety, they had Klima. Nielsen was a better player than Klima, and Klima was damn good. So I'm going to agree with you, Bob. The teams had mostly the same guys. They had all. They had all the Hall of Famers. It was the last year they had all yeah. the Hall of Famers. So they did. And Koff was unbelievable. Uh, fears in that. Do you? You know what? We're splitting hairs, but in my books, '87 is the best team. Oh well, that so. Well, that means we're both picking Vegas in five, and we both think that the Oilers got a grind, and we both okay. think that the 87 team was were far too agreeable. Get back to being your normal pain-in-the-ass self next week, okay? 
you know what else we should agree on right now is when your show's done, you should come meet me on a patio and you're buying a cold beer. Do we agree on that? Today? <laughs> no, next week. What do you think, Bob? Oh, oh, I'd have to talk to Kath. I don't know if I can sell that. Maybe she, maybe she's actually listening and she can send me a text. Oh, and now we're not agreeing anymore. I, uh, see. I uh, see how this goes. Uh, yeah, well, I, hey, we, we all answer to one boss in our households, Mark. You know how it works. Uh, all right, Bobby. Have a great day, man. See you later. That is Sportsnet Spec Mark Specter. It's 1253 at Edmonton. You're listening to Winners Now. Oh, boy. All right. We got a lot to get to here at 1256 in Edmonton. I do want to mention uh, the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown. 250-plus years of experience. It's this simple to get you the best results. James H. Brown. Bob Bukestead is more valuable than Yanmark. That one comes to us from Jimbo. Uh well, maybe, but the reality is uh, Bukestead's going to cost a lot more in the open market as well. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Adam says the Oilers lost to Vegas for three reasons, or we at, we asked people to list them. Uh, number one, no defensive zone, play inability to break out of the zone. Uh, number two, ozone entry, nonstop dumped and went uh, for line change, no forecheck. The opposition just watched, walked back out of their zone in under three seconds. And uh, number three, never played 60 minutes as a team. That is is why Florida is in the Stanley Cup final again. Um, Mike from Calgary says number one was coaching. Uh, number two, goaltending. Uh, Campbell should have started game six. Number three, also coaching. Trust the depth and roll four, four lines and break up McDavid and dry settle. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. And a lot of you jumped in there, and I want to try to work their way. This text comes in saying, Bob, the Oilers lost. The Oilers team defending went back to the bad habits of the first half of the year. So the goaltending got tired. Number two, uh, lack of forward depth. Sorry, Yamamoto. And number three, uh, luck it happens that one comes to us from hannon again you can text us at 780-496-0063 uh dt texas on the ashley five floors text line bobby orders uh uh, lack timely scoring. Vegas won games five and six because of 90 seconds in game five and three minutes in game six. Marshall Show got a few lucky bounces to give his team the lead. Number two, Vegas held leads. Number three, the Oilers goaltending. The Oilers goalies didn't play awful, but they did make the big saves. According to a reputable site, the Oilers had 54% of the expected goals and 54% of the high danger chances, but lost game six in game seven. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, more of these coming in. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's lots more. Jeez, I didn't realize there was that one. Uh, Tell Guy says three reasons. Woodcroft pulls Skinner too often uh, but doesn't start. Campbell, number two. Hyman and Kane Nuge unable to score. Number three, undisciplined penalties. Well, speaking of injuries, Hyman played with a core injury and Evander Kane with a hand injury coming on the same hand that he suffered. The wrist injury. Kevin Texas on the Ashley Five Floors uh, text line didn't draw enough penalties. That's number three. Number two, goalie's not there yet. Number one, bad puck luck. You know, those final two games, they didn't get a lot of bounces. Uh, keep the text coming. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Hattrick says three reasons. Number one, goaltending. Number two, goaltending. Number three, coach not changing goalies after the L.A. series. I bet you we'll see a little bit. I know, Jay. Enough to know that he's going to be exhaustive in trying to figure out solutions to improve the team carrying forward here. 
I wonder whether or not if you just you got to use both goaltenders next year. You can't just go with one guy. We'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn in the next half hour of the show. Al May out of Washington and Jaden Grube of the Red Deer Rebels and now a member of the Oilers organization.